What's up? My name is Key. Hey, I'm Cal. And we're your hosts of Christ Culture, the podcast. We're doing a series called The Power Of, and today we're talking about the power of communication. See, I forgot how to communicate. I thought we were going to see it together. No, I forgot how to communicate for two seconds. I'll be honest, I forgot what the episode was about. I'm sorry. Okay, take time. Um, What did we talk about? We talked about what communication is. Yes. How to actively listen. Yes. The difference between hearing and listening. And what your communication with God could feel like. Absolutely. Could be like. Yeah. Yeah. And how feel to handle like, feel like or be like? Both. Both. And how to deal with God's silence when you're communicating with him. Mm. Bunch of juicy stuff in this episode. Tune in. Here we go. Good morning. What's going on? Welcome to Channel 5 News. I'm your host, Calvante. And I'm your other host, Kenyon. Nice. Nice. I just got to say, there are a, a plethora of smells in this room right now. Plethora. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's list the food that we have been filling this room with aromatically. Well, I had cinnamon granola. You had cinnamon granola. Yep. I just had Ethiopian food. Mm. That was probably contributing a lot. Okay. We have chilies. What chilies. are you eating from chilies? Edbegia. Yeah. A burger. Yep. And then what you, what you got, Brie? We got a jerk chicken wrap. Jerk, jerk chicken, chicken wrap. Wow. And you got sugar cookies. Oh, snickerdoodle. What do you eat? I'm eating spinach rice and barbecue spinach chicken. Spinach rice and what? Bar- broccoli? Barbecue chicken tenders. Barbecue chicken tenders. We're eating wow. real good today. Yeah. Um, before we get to an episode, I want to rest the Okay. We can keep talking. Oh, it's on the wine shop. But yeah, Sundays we podcast and we be eating. Yeah. Full disclosure, we're recording two episodes today. Yeah. So Y'all can't tell though because we got different different fits on so. yeah you know i'm just gonna say it's getting hard to keep finding a, a new fit you know what i'm saying y'all gonna start to get some of these recycled clothes I'm i went you shopping right i went shopping for podcast clothes yeah i was like i don't have any other clothes yeah see i wanted to do that but i'm still in that fast right now so i can't really spend money you're right so you're I'm right i'm just going deep into the closet see what i can find yeah. but when that day comes just now yeah sweatshirt day yeah. can we start having like dress themes what kind of themes? Pajamas, sweaters, color coordinated days. We all wear purple. Or like a hat day. Everybody yeah. wears a hat. Yeah. Like spirit day. I'm good with that stuff. I just spirit I don't want to do no 70s day. I don't want to do any stuff like Why? that. Why? It's so easy. You already got a fro. Like, what's wrong? No. This is a modern fro. <laughs> modern fro. I got curls. I got cool. Yeah. Okay. That's funny. Yeah. We could do that. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? What'd you say? So we have all the Abraham dates. I'll just Moses. How does that work for the females? Hmm? What are we gonna wear? How is it a Father Abraham day and you dress like Moses? <laughs> True. <laughs> Please, your logic. Means- Father Abraham had many sons and none of them was Moses. <laughs> Keep that thought. Yeah. Eat that one. Too Eat your stuff. burger. Right. Keep Eat it. your burger. You're not even on a mic right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
know. What are we talking about today? We're talking about communication. Communication. You see how we all communicate with one another? You know what I'm saying? It's all love. We're on the same page. Yeah. Same book. Yeah. I got some books I'm going to talk about today. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Got them all aesthetically pleasing to the eye in the middle of the tape, and it's ruined. That was great. <clears throat> Adaptability. Just for that, you got to go first. What is communication to you? Oh, see? Yeah. I knew we was going to ask this. I'm going to give you the Kiana version yeah. of what communication is. It is a two-way road of verbal understanding. Hmm. That's my answer. Oh, that's it? That's it. Plain and simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. That's also part of the, the definition. It doesn't have to be complicated. Okay. It's simple. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So you know I have the real definition in my notes. Yes. Please read it. Uh, communication is the imparting or exchange, exchanging of information or news. Uh, another definition says the successful conveying or sharing of ideas and feelings. See, that's exactly how I heard it in my voice when I read it. I was like, this is a Calvin statement. Just the way it was delivered. Am I getting to that point to where verbiage. I have a reading voice now? I like, think so. Okay. When I was reading it, I was like, Calvin could enunciate every single word of this definition. Yeah. And you proved it. I just, I don't know. But even at e-group, they're like, who's going to read? I'm like, me. <laughs> I just, I don't know. When it, especially when it comes to the Bible, I just love mm-hmm. reading. Yeah. So what's your Calvin version of what communication is? Communication is the way that I paint a picture of what I'm going through or what's going on internally with me um, or my thoughts. I am painting a picture for you through my words. That's what communication is. Okay. Can you elaborate? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give you a bit of an analogy, what? right? <laughs> As I always do. So like when you go to the doctor, right? The first thing they do is they take your heart rate, blood pressure. All that good stuff. They're trying to get a picture of what's going on with you internally. Um, so they do that through those mediums. So um, that's the same thing that communication is for us. Whatever I'm dealing with, whatever I'm going through, whatever emotions or feelings that I am having, communication is the way that I paint a picture of that for another individual so that they can better understand me and not only understand me, but then respond to whatever it is that I'm telling them. Mm. Um, so it goes both ways. Um, I'm trying to paint a picture for you. You're trying to paint a picture for me. And without proper communication, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, that picture is two-dimensional. It's flat. It's colorless. And um, all the different types of communication are literally like the colors that you use to paint the picture of what's going on with you. Yeah. That's my definition of communication. I like that. It's very creative, very artistic. Yeah. I think that that goes in hand with um, communication is because it's not just one black and white like there's not just two colors to it. Like there's yeah. a lot of varying dynamic aspects that go into communication. So yeah. I think that's a really cool way to put it. I've never really heard of it that way. Yeah. I, I would hope not because I made it up last oh, night. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you did, that would Calvin original. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think communication is like the most important part of being a human. I right? think so too, yeah. Especially when it comes to community and others. And um, So speak to that. Speak to the importance of communication in your life what role does it play it's been a developing role yeah i'll say i wasn't always the best communicator where i would internalize my feelings i'd paint a picture for myself um and then it wouldn't really get much further than that i would just keep it internalized Mm -hmm. um whether i wasn't comfortable sharing it with people or i wasn't comfortable with acknowledging it for myself um but communication even now where i'm at right now in my life Communication is probably the biggest thing at the top of my priority list when it comes to relationships and friendships and 
um, community and no matter like people, we're always going to be surrounded by people. Yeah. I think the first thing to understanding somebody is going to be communication. Mm-hmm. Um, so just learning how to have communication skills, like that goes into how you're verbalizing things, the tone that you're using, um, how you're receiving it, how you're listening, if you're actively listening or just listening to give a response. Um, and then also listening to what the person's telling you, not just by the words that they're saying, but what's like the feelings and emotions behind yeah. it. Like, where are they coming from? Like, yeah. Why are they saying this? Yeah. You know? That's a, that's a good segue into some, something I wanted to talk about. And that are, that's the different types of communication. So mm-hmm. obviously there's the verbal side. We can talk, right? But there's also body language. Yes. There's also, um, you know, your outward expression of emotions, laughing, smiling. All these things are communication. They're painting that picture for somebody of how you're feeling or what you're thinking. Um, so what are some, some ways that when you're talking to somebody, they can communicate with you without actually talking? Ooh. Um, without actually talking. I mean, body language is probably the biggest way to communicate without talking. Yeah. And I've actually studied that with my PT cert Mm -hmm. is learning how to be actively, uh, to be an active listener. Okay. So, and I, I I take that skill outside of just my personal training setting. Like I take it into my relationships and my, um, my community. So, um, understanding where somebody is sitting, like even us having a conversation, right? something that's really unsub or subconscious for us is how we're how we're portraying ourselves receiving information so i could be sitting here like this and i feel like i'm chilling i feel comfortable but i could also be sitting like this like Mm. with my arms crossed and maybe i'm a little more closed off to what you're saying and i don't even have to say that but i can notice it just by the way that i'm holding myself Mm. you know so our body language goes a long way and that's also universal because i don't need to speak english to see um to see and understand body language yeah like um I went to Romania this this past Christmas, mm-hmm. and they speak Romanian. Yeah, they and like you don't. I don't. I only speak English, yeah. maybe a little Japanese, but that's that's it. I don't know no type of Spanish, and so Romanian is a completely foreign language for me because it doesn't sound like anything else. Yeah, you know, like even with Spanish, like you can make out some words because it sounds like English, but Romanian is completely different. So you were lost. I was so lost, and I'm trying to keep up, and the only thing that I can grasp on. Cause I'm in this room full with like Romanian family. Like it's not just one person I'm with, I'm with at least 10, 12 other people mm-hmm. fluently speaking Romanian. And I'm just here like, <laughs> they could be talking about you. you have right. Yeah. And I'm just like <laughs> yeah. laughing, right. Just trying to be a part of the conversation. But the only thing I could grasp onto was their body language and how they're responding to each other and like how they're sitting. I could see what their tone is and like, I know it's like a cultural difference too, just how tones are being used, especially yeah. in Europe. They're a lot more stern with their dialect and stuff, yeah. but that was the only thing I could grasp on. And that's what was saving me from understanding certain things in the conversations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when, it, when, it talk, when we're talking about communication without speaking, um, I think you can also look through somebody's eyes. Mm-hmm. Your eyes are the, the window to your soul, yeah. right? Um, I could be sitting here and you're talking to me or I'm talking to you and I'm saying one thing, but my eyes are saying something else. Mm. And then that's how, like, when you know your best friend and they're like, no, I'm good. Yeah. And you just look at them one time in the eyes and you're like, no, you're not good. What's up? Yeah. You know, and you ask them like two more times, what's up? Mm -hmm. And they're like, (laughs) I guess since you know, I might as well tell you. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I was thinking back to like when we first started the podcast and even before that, I went through a phase this summer, which is actually when I read this book, Reclaiming Conversation um, in a Digital Age by Sherry Turkle. But even before that, I started um, my book clubs mm-hmm. and I had started both of them. And I went through this phase where I was just like, I'm talking to people more. So I really want to start to study communication. So literally, I just went to YouTube University. I was watching yeah. every video, every TED talk about communication I could. And there's just so many nuances to how you communicate with others, yeah. which is why I started. I would literally be in my apartment practicing my pronunciation on my because I wanted to be able to pronunciate what I was saying. I was also just studying videos on communication where they would talk about things like when you're talking to an individual, if you're standing with an individual and you're talking to them, if both of their feet are pointed at you, they're fully engaged and they want to be talking to you. Uh, but one thing people often do when they want to get out of a conversation and they don't really want to be talking to you, if you look down at their feet, one of their feet is pointed in the opposite direction because they're trying to escape subconsciously. Yeah. And I started to apply that in my real conversations and it's real. Like I could tell when people didn't really want to be talking, I would look down, one foot's pointed out because they want to get out. And then when I would be talking to um, people who were fully engaged with the conversation, both of their feet were pointed right at me. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, who just sits here and studies people this much that they can notice all this? But there's so many nuances, like the eyes, like you mm-hmm. were talking about. And um, when it gets into romantic stuff, like um, sometimes a woman might touch her hair to let you know something. Like there's just so many nuances to communication. And I started to realize like a lot of them in myself. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, my body language says a whole lot to people. Yeah. So I have to be very conscious of, my posture, how yeah. I'm looking at somebody. Because uh, a big thing for me is my facial expression. Okay. Sometimes my face will just do something. If I hear something, like, I'll just be like, what? <laughs> and I have to like subconsciously, not subconsciously, consciously think about that. Yeah. Um, because it may look like I mean one thing and I don't, you know. Uh, my mom is very much like that. Really? She ever watches this, she'll be like, you. but it's so true because like she'll be going out and like, especially if we're at restaurants or something, I don't know if we're like anywhere outside of, like home or whatever she'll like if some if she's asking questions she'll tilt her head mm-hmm. she'll like scrunch her eyebrows yeah. and then as they're explaining she'll be like yeah like that i'm like mom relax your eyebrows relax your face relax <laughs> she's like what though yeah why would you do that i'm like mom they close that night that's yeah. all they said i close that night yeah i'm like relax your face and she doesn't really recognize it she doesn't realize that she's doing that with her face and she's not feeling any type of way where she's like confrontational or feeling like she's trying to battle somebody mm-hmm. like she just that's where she holds her attention, curiosity, I mm-hmm. guess, even. <laughs> but um, yeah, like our bodies, our body language is something that ironically is so foreign to a lot of us. Mm. If you don't pay attention to it, just like you were saying, like about the feet, like I'm sitting here looking at my feet, like how do I stand when somebody's talking to me? Like, yeah. I don't even realize that. Yeah. Like our own body language is so foreign. But it's like once you become conscious of it once, you can't unlearn it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, you definitely can't unlearn it. And that's so real because I found myself in conversations thinking about all these nuances that I know. And I'm like, just have a conversation. Now you're like sitting there. Like, yeah, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like you got to go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> but yeah, um, the other thing is, I think this podcast has helped a ton with my communication skills. Just Ditto. sitting down, just talking with you. I agree. Back and forth, talking with the team, like e-group, like just having... Putting yourself in a position where you have to communicate with another person is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I will say the same thing. I agree in my experience too, because it's helped my communication, not just to express the things that I'm saying or yeah. thinking, but it's helping me channel and process mm. what I'm feeling and mm. what I want to say, yeah. you know? Cause like, we don't necessarily plan our conversations. Not if anything, all. we might plan the topic and that's like the night before. Yeah. But for us to come out and pretty much freestyle this whole interaction, it has helped me work that muscle where I'm starting to process what I'm trying to say as it's happening yeah. rather than like writing it out, scripting it, and then retrying to do it, yeah. you know, like, which I actually found because um, with Holy Sweat, I'm starting to do more voice video. Okay. Um, whether I'm doing instructional over the workout video or like the exercise, mm -hmm. or if I'm doing like daily devotionals in my app, that type of thing, I'll do my voiceovers, like post post editing. Mm -hmm. um, and for some reason, it's so hard for me to just wing it, kind of like how we do our intros. Yeah. Um, but I like I would finally get one out where I'm like, okay, that was a good one. I'll go back to find it in my photos. Mm -hmm. And then, or in my voice memos, and then I'll see that there's like 30 other takes that I took. I'm just like, why was that so many? Wow. Why does it take me so long to get that out? Uh -huh. You know, but when we're here, we, we do this in one take and it just flows. And yeah. I'm like, wow. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, man, when I just, when I think about some of the things that God put me through to prepare me for this before I even knew this was a thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. One of the things was at my job, I've been there for about seven years and I'm the lead trainer in the IT department. So I train all of our, we have about 150 people that we service and I trained them on their new softwares, you know, equipment, whatever the case is. So I have to learn it first mm -hmm. and then I have to figure out a way to effectively communicate it to them. Mm -hmm. um, and I started that like six years ago, six, seven years ago. And then I was thinking, I was like, man, that's kind of the same thing that I'm doing now. We pick a topic and I've got to go learn about that topic and mm -hmm. study the Bible. And yep. then I have to figure out how to communicate that to um, other people. Um, and then another thing I was thinking about, specifically when it comes to the length of conversations and be, being able to actively listen for that long. Before we started the podcast um, over the last year, me and my mother started um talking and I would go on my walks. Mm -hmm. So I would just walk for about an hour and I would call her and we would talk. And that was the first time in my life I ever had conversations that long. Like it, my conversations were pretty short all yeah. the time. And I got to the point to where it was like, I, I won't say I was preparing for the conversation, but all day long I'd be like, ooh, I could talk to mom about that. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, we could talk about three different things off of that one topic. And then um, we start having those hour long conversations every day. And then all of a sudden, Kiana says, we should start a podcast. <laughs> like, uh, I was just thinking about the stuff that he put me through to prepare me for something that I had no idea was coming. Mm. Um, and he was cultivating my communication skills even before I actually knew that I needed them for this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What What other ways was, was your communication being cultivated before yeah. the podcast? Um, so, okay. So one thing I... This is probably what like started my journey to having open conversation, right? So I had a very close person in my life and we ended things. But one of the things that stung me so hard because I thought I was a strong communicator yeah. and this could have been something else like that had nothing to do with me, but yeah. it still stung. Um, but basically they were saying that I didn't have the capability to intellectual, intellectually communicate. Mm. And I was like, whoa. What do you mean? Like, I can't have deep conversations. I can't like speak. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of ruffled my feathers, if you would. But it just kind of made me feel like 
am I not communicating? Am I not a strong communicator as I think I am? Mm. You know, like when you think you are something, when somebody close to you tells you you're not, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Then now I have a redirect, right? Um, Which I'm really grateful for because that was definitely a redirect for me. And that's actually what started my self-exploration journey that I'm currently still on. Um, I mean, it's always a journey, right? You never start or stop. But um, that got me really into diving into journaling, like for real, where I was like, okay, what are we talking about, Kiana? What are we feeling? Mm -hmm. And let's see how we can express this and um, digest it in a way where we can actually work on it and not just hold it in and keep it consumed inside my body, right? Um, So that was something that was cultivating in me that God was putting into my life that I didn't think it was a blessing. I thought it was like messed up, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But now looking back, I'm like, wow, thank you. Thank you, because I needed that, you know, because I would have been so content, so stagnant, and probably would have no, well, I mean, not no desire to grow. I'm always, I love change, but um, that was something that I needed to be like, oh, this is an area where I want to improve in and get stronger at. So yeah, yeah, definitely. I was doing the same where I love books like this, like the self-improvement books. That's literally the only books I really have in my house. I was, that's why when I came to your library, I was like, I don't have any like novel books, (laughs) you know, like what books. By the way, you and Tay both still have one of my books. Are y'all reading that? I need my books. I need my book. (laughs) I need my books back. My my shelf looks slanted. Thank you. The way I didn't even open it. Oh my. You didn't open it? <laughs> yeah. Bring me my book back. <laughs> In great condition, though. Yeah, but I can definitely speak to that, um, kind of what you were talking about. Hearing from another person that you can't communicate, mm-hmm. it's tough, but it's necessary. Yeah. Um, I'll just talk about a little bit about my past. Um, I used to just be that person who held everything internally. And even, like, my own parents would have to probe for information. And there was just so much about me and my life that they just didn't know because they couldn't get me to talk about it Mm -hmm. or say anything. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember one particular day, the year that I moved back to Michigan to work, um, I ended up working in construction with my father. And um, this is a a vulnerable story. Hopefully he doesn't care that I talk about it. But one day on the construction site, um, some things that I've been building up for so long in him and me all came to a head. Um, and we had a big um, outburst on the construction site and an argument, and a lot of things came out through communication and words um, towards one another. Um, but one of the things that was said to me was, um, you know, basically that you just, you don't, you keep everything in. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on with you. You won't say anything. You won't communicate with us. And um, that was kind of like a, a reality check for me because I didn't want to hear it, but it was like, I know that's true. Because that's how I am. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't talk to people. Um, even my own roommate one time told me, my best friend, we were living together, and he was just like, you know, you're a mystery. None of us really know what's going on with you. And what's? And then I started to hear from other friends, and they're like, yeah, you're like a mystery to us. We we hang out with you, but no, nobody really knows anything about Cal. I'm wow. like, Dang, is that the truth? Mm. And it took me hearing that to be like, why is that the case? Like I had to ask myself, why is that? Mm-hmm. And um, it took a bunch of stuff, me getting close to God to just really understand the power of communication, which is obviously what we're talking about. But yeah, communication has become a big part of my life. And recently what God told me was that, that it's actually a gift. 
Yeah. He was like, I want you to use your words. I've given that to you. You don't have to feel like it's a duty or a responsibility. This is a gift. Use your gift. And uh, that's kind of changing my perspective. So I'm, I'm trying to allow my voice to be heard in multiple mediums now and just actually put it out there a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I commend you for that. Thank you. Because that's not easy. It's not. That's really it's not. not easy. So you should feel good about that. Thank you. Yeah. I've seen, um, in my experience as well, kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be the type of person where I would hold everything in. Mm-hmm. And even if things were bothering me, I would be so good at making it look easy or mm-hmm. not even easy, but making it look like everything's fine. Yeah. Like it wasn't that I was a mystery to people, um, but it was like, wow, you're so positive all the time. You're so like encouraging all the time, you know, and um, I would never really I would never have people like checking on me. It's like, are you okay? Like, is everything good? Like, because I would just always appear to be good, you know, Um, but deep down inside, I knew that I was like battling certain things and um, things would bother me and I would just like suck it up or put it under the rug and just like keep it moving. Right. Yeah. Um, And so actually this time last year, I had something medical come up. Mm-hmm. in my body mm-hmm. that kind of manifested from me internalizing a lot of things. Wow. And that was a wake up call for me because, um, I had a, a, a close friend. Uh, she was like, you know, this could be, this is definitely something that's physical, mm-hmm. but I also believe that it might be spiritual as well, that you, you hold things in and it festers in your body yep. and it starts to build up, it builds up, it builds up. And now it's just like a big old cluster. Mm-hmm. And, um, She's like, have you thought of it being like a spiritual pattern? And so once I thought of it like that, it made me think about like generational things. Because yeah. then once I brought the physical to my mom, she was like, oh, I've had that too. And mm-hmm. then I brought it to my grandma. She's like, oh, I've had that too. And my aunt, oh, I've had that too. All the females in my family have had this yeah. um, occur in their life. Yeah. And then I realized once I knew it's like a, a spiritual thing, I'm like, they have the same pattern as me where they don't talk about the things that are bothering mm. me. I've seen it firsthand yep. where they're just smiling and like somebody could tell them off and they're still like, you know what? I'm just going to brush it off. It's not that big of a deal. That's real. And I, I grew up seeing that. Yeah. And so once I started to open my eyes to that, I was like, oh, I don't want this pattern to continue. I do want to break a generational curse or pattern, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, so that's also what started my communication journey where I was like, I don't want to hold things in anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to let it out. If I'm feeling upset, if I'm feeling triggered or somebody is frustrating or upset, upsetting me, I need to let it out. Yeah. If this is bothering me, I need to be communicative about my boundaries Yeah. because I didn't, I'm not that great at setting them okay. and I wasn't there yet. So, um, yeah, it's not just that it festers up in your brain. It could manifest in your body. For sure. For sure. I know that all too well. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was going through the medical journey that I was going through, my mother just, she kept, kept asking me, are you sure that there's nothing going on mentally? Mm. And I was so convinced that I was dealing with the situation well mentally that I just didn't even allow myself to think of that possibility. Um, but she kept asking me, she kept asking me and I was just like, I, I don't think so. But then None of the doctors could figure out what was going on. So I started looking for other answers. And I said, well, just because I don't think that maybe there is something there. Maybe I should explore it. Um, And I'm just so grateful to God for putting it on my heart. I don't even know why I did this. 
but literally I went uh, online to my jobs, like HR website Mm -hmm. and they had free through our insurance. We get like free um, uh, sessions with therapists Mm -hmm. and I saw it and I was like, this is not something that I ever thought I would do. And I remember my father picked me up one day. This is when I was really, really, really sick. Um, And he would literally just put me in the car and drive me around because I was in the house all day. And we're driving and I was trying to figure out how to ask him this question again because my father was always like Superman to me. He's he's a big, strong guy. And I was like, how do I approach this? And I looked at him and I said, "Um, do you think it's okay to get therapy? And he looked back at me and he said, yeah, I've done it too. He had never told me that. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I did it too. And he just started talking to me about how they will, you know, help you unpack things and even things that you don't necessarily know are there. Yeah. They'll help you get to the root cause of things. And I was, it was just such a relief for me. I was like, okay, I think I'm going to try it. Like, I don't feel like I want it or need it, but I'm just going to try it. Why not? Um, and I did it. And man, just that's when I truly started to figure out the power of just talking to yeah. somebody. It's such a powerful experience. And when somebody's asking you questions and you're like, man, I never even thought to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely am a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A supporter of people yeah. getting therapy or just talking to people in general. It's, it's so powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. I attest to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therapy a thousand percent. We could have it sponsored on the show. If that's the case. But, <laughs> for um, no, like there is so much power in therapy, which is our episode, right? Like yeah. therapy isn't just sitting in front of a licensed therapist. Yeah. Therapy is the expression of communication mm-hmm. and, and communication. I think why therapy works so much is that you, you have somebody there who is there to listen and to give feedback mm. without attaching their emotional or personal judgments onto it. Yep. And that's what I think true communication is. Because it is a two-way road, but especially if it's like, like if you're solving a problem, right? Yeah. If you're solving a problem, if somebody has the problem and somebody, you're reaching out for the solution, somebody needs to communicate what the issue is without the other person having personal attachments to it. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's how you find resolve. Um, so I think that's, that's really why therapy works so well, because you know that you're going to get sewed into and somebody can you can just pour into somebody without them feeling like Mm -hmm. you know they need to say what they need to say absolutely you know i think that's a good segue into um, (laughs) something else that i wanted to get into and that's the difference between um we're obviously talking about communicating from you to another individual but let's talk about the listening aspect because Mm -hmm. there's a difference between hearing somebody and listening to somebody Um, and obviously we all kind of know what that is. So I went to look up the definitions and the definitions reflected just that. Okay. So I'm going to read them to you real quick. Let me find them. Um, so to listen, or let me say this, to hear somebody is the faculty of perceiving sound. Hmm. So I, I could literally be just sitting in my room and hear noises outside my window. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to the sounds outside my window. I just hear the noise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the definition for listen is to give one's attention to a sound. Um, so when you listen to somebody, you're actually, it's an active thing. I am actively listening to you. I am honing in on what you're telling me. I am trying to understand what you're telling me. Um, so listen is kind of active. Hearing can be passive. You mm-hmm. can just hear things in the background, so to speak. Yeah. So 
especially on the podcast, I'll admit like the first three or four episodes where we were trying to figure all this out, I found myself hearing you a lot, but mm-hmm. not listening to you a lot. And you would finish up some of the things you're saying. And I'm like, I don't remember what she said. Now I got to <laughs> try to figure out something to say. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's just not okay. I want to hear what I want to listen to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I began to work on myself a lot. And, and uh, even with like notes and stuff, I try to make sure that I am listening to you and, that sparks so many more things in conversation that are, aren't even in my notes, mm-hmm. just actively listening to you, allowing you to pour into me and vice versa. Um, so talk to me about what's the difference between hearing and listening in your experience? Yeah, um, definitely hearing to me, like if I'm pouring out, say to somebody in a conversation, yeah. how I know they're hearing is if I say all this stuff and they say, hmm, mm. we're like, oh, okay. And yeah. I'm like, did you hear me? It's like, yeah, they heard you, but they weren't listening, you know? Um, So then listening comes into, oh no, they took something away from what I said Mm -hmm. because now they're maybe asking like secondary questions or like follow-up questions, I should say. Um, And it goes the same when we are on the receiving side, Mm -hmm. if we're just hearing or listening. Um, And so active listening is not following the conversation to give a response with the anticipation to what am I going to say next to make them feel better or what am I going to say? You know, active listening is taking in what they're saying, taking in the information, processing it in a way that you're able to comprehend what is being said and even what's not being said. And then either redirecting the conversation to deeper levels or asking different types of questions, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So say if I'm like, I lost my cat and I'm sad. Mm -hmm. I don't have cats. I'm not a cat person. I I lost my dog. I'm sad, right? You could be like, oh, no. <laughs> like, okay. You didn't, we were, did you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard you. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Great. Now, if you're actively listening, you could be like, how long was your dog gone? When did you lose your dog? Yeah. Or you could even relate and be like, dang, I lost my dog like that too. This is what I did to help. This was a resource you could call. And this is something like some way you could find your dog, mm-hmm. you know? Um, even like having a response like that if you're just hearing and trying to give out a response, the hearing version could be like, oh, what's your dog's name? That's a follow-up question, but it's kind of irrelevant if I'm sad about my dog being gone. <laughs> like, he's lost in the world. Like, what's his name? That's all you got for me? <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, it, it, um, it comes down to how am I perceiving the picture that this person is painting, like you said. Yeah. Um, because if I'm not actively listening, mm-hmm. I'm not understanding. Yeah. And that is communication in my definition yeah. is how are you trying to understand and how are you actually understanding? So going back to that analogy, um, active listening is like holding up a canvas to allow them to paint on. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest pet peeves is when I'm talking to somebody about something, especially when it's like a personal story and they respond to, they respond with a, a relatable story. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why that irks me so much, but I always just ask my question, like, are you actually listening to me or are you thinking about your story? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times now I'll find myself like not even responding. If I think of a relatable story, I'd rather just sit in silence and look at you and allow <laughs> another thought to come into your head than make you feel like I'm trying to talk about myself all of a sudden. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so I, I, I don't know why that bothers me so much, but. I think there's a place for it, obviously. You've gone through something that somebody else has gone through. There's power in your testimony. But I see so many people get into these conversations where they play 
the woe is me game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like somebody said something that they're going through or a bad situation in their life and the other person responds, well, I went through this. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm trying to one up you. Yeah. And it, it just goes back and forth. And I used to be involved in those conversations. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's This is not a contest of whose life is harder. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Just, you go through what you go through and allow me to help you with that. And that can stand alone. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't need to add my, my stuff into that. Yeah. I had a phase in my life where I felt like that's what I was doing. Okay. And what I, like, I think it was actually my brother who brought it up because he's like, no, I'm doing this. And I was like, no, I, I mean, I'm validating that, but like I shared because I wanted to help you, uh-huh. you know? So what I realized is that when I was doing that, I wasn't doing it in the one-up way. And you could probably tell by the yeah. way somebody's talking anyway, but um, I was doing it as in, yeah, I'm sharing how I can relate. So maybe this could help you see a different light in your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, let me one up you. Let me want to, let me try to outdo you or show you that anything I'm doing is even better, but that's how I would relate to people. Mm -hmm. And I had to take some maturity to say, no, that's not actually listening. You're not actually helping them because Mm -hmm. now you're just talking about yourself. You know, they don't, the last thing somebody wants to do when they're going through something is to hear you say what you went through and your despair. Yes. Or it's like, no, this is my moment. (laughs) This is my moment to be said. It diminishes your pain when you do that. Right. Um, so no, I definitely understand that, but there's there's a line. Yeah. There's definitely a line. And, and right along with that, I think another thing that I've definitely noticed is um, people don't assume somebody wants advice from you because they're telling you something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just listen because usually when people want advice, they will ask you for advice. They'll say, what do you think? Yeah. Or, what would you do? Or something like that. Um, so I, I try not to give unsolicited advice anymore. So when somebody's telling me something, I'll just actively listen and respond to them and go along with their conversation and listen to what it is that they're telling me um, without giving advice. And then if they ask for it, I try to give them some advice. Have you ever experienced that? People just give you advice and you're like, that's not why I was telling you that. (laughs) My family. Uh Um, No, it's okay. It's okay. I had to set boundaries with them. So they know with me, like, unless I ask for advice, I actually just want you to listen. Yeah. Um, Where was I going with that? It, it goes back to active listening from, okay, so from my coaching perspective, okay. right? If I have a client and um, they want to eat healthier, mm-hmm. I could tell them, okay, in order for you to eat healthier, this is what you need to eat. This is um, the time that you need to eat. And this is how often or like how much, right? I could give those things. Uh, that's a little technical. Let me give a different answer. Um, if they're like, oh, I want to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Let's go with that. I want to quit smoking. I could tell. I could tell them. Okay, don't buy cigarettes. And when you want to buy cigarettes, just don't do it, right? Um, and that's not going to last for them. Yeah. So instead of me telling them what to do, I'll say, okay, what's one practical thing that you think you could do to make you stop? Mm-hmm. If you can't stop, what's one practical thing you can do to minimize your smoking throughout the day? Um, now that gets them to start thinking, and that gets them to problem solve on their own mm. rather than I have to do this because my coach told me. Wow. And then if I'm thinking of it on my own, I'm more likely to actually stick to it because of it. those are my thoughts. Those yeah. are my ideas. Yeah. And they're more practical to my life because I know my life. Yeah. Right. So if she comes up, she comes back to me and says, well, I usually smoke six cigarettes a day. I can limit it out to like four. Mm. 
mm-hmm. I can cap out on four a day. I said, perfect, let's do that. Yeah. She, and if she's like, actually, I know I can cut out cold turkey. I said, great, how can you do that? She's like, once I finish this pack, I'll make a, an agreement with myself to never, or to not go buy out, not to go out and buy more cigarettes. Yeah. And so that kind of kept the ball in her court. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What I what I saw while you were talking was like a coach and a player on the basketball court. So often we try to get on the court with them and show them what to do. But yeah. sometimes you just got to stay on the sideline and just kind of talk them through it and let them figure it out by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you you can't help somebody by giving them all the answers. Exactly. Because once it comes time for them to take the test without you, they're mm-hmm. not going to know what to do because they're so used to you doing it for them. Yeah. So when it comes to active listening or um having that communication with somebody and you want to give advice instead of giving what you think they should do, mm-hmm. try to ask them how they would do it for themselves mm-hmm. because now they're going to start cognitively thinking, yep. Oh, I don't know. How could I do this on my own? Well, I could maybe do this yeah. and they're not going to sound sure about it. And then you just start to dive into that. Well, if you could do that, then what happens? Like, how does that look in your day? Like, what does your morning look like if you're going to do that? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, the power of communication, like literally the power of it, what things can be accomplished when individuals get on the same accord, accord through communication. Um, so got a little Bible for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I always try to read the Bible at some point. Have you ever heard the story of the Tower of Babel? I think so. Okay. So I'm going to read it real quick. It's a few little chunks, so. Just enjoy the story. Okay, three pages. Let me sit back. (laughs) So this is the Tower of Babel. It says, now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us uh, build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that now we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us, uh, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other and then he goes on to scatter the languages and they disperse all over the world look what man was about to accomplish because they were on one accord with their communication so much so that god had to disrupt the way they talked to each other because they were actually about to do what they set out to do Mm. so when it comes to the true power of communication the bible literally tells us when you know two uh, people agree on something in the earth realm it shall be done so the true power of being able to communicate with another person or with a group of individuals is when you come into one accord, uh, a trifold cord is not easily broken, as the mm-hmm. Bible says. And they were about to build a tower to heaven <laughs> because they could talk to one another like that. Mm-hmm. So speak about the true nature of the power, literal power of being able to communicate with others. Wait, that just get, I, I do remember that story, but it just gets me thinking every time like. That's why we have so many different nationalities. Yeah. And now imagine if we were all one and we all looked the same and we all talked the same. Mm. Like, I don't think we would even be here. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. No. So much innovation comes from individuality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad that he did that. 
Absolutely. But um, he fixes that later in the Bible. You you know that? You know what he fixes it with? No. Speaking in tongues. That's a whole different situation, though. Mm. Yeah, that's in Corinthians. True, true, true. That's yeah. true. That's true. Um, what was your question? The the true power of communication when you get oh. one accord with others. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I believe that. I mean this this podcast. Yeah. Is proof of that. Um, we kind of talked about it in last week's episode too. Mm. Uh, like if I had just started a podcast on my own, mm. I don't think it would have been as strong. Yeah. Um, not to say that I'm not capable. I'm probably fully capable, but there's so many different ideas and so many different personalities and so many different viewpoints that this is such a beautiful balance that we all have here. Um, And it's because we communicate. It's not like we're just coming here on Sundays and then just spitting out words. Like we actually hang out. We actually talk on the side. We actually like pour into each other throughout the week. You know, like we're actually communicating with each other all the time. So we're not just here to do a podcast, but we're actually uplifting each other and being in fellowship and community with each other. Um, And it's built a little family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's built a tight little family of us. And I think the power of communication, that's just an example for other areas in your life where even, you know, if you're in a workplace or if you're on a team and the communication isn't solid, then there's going to be friction yeah. because people don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. in the life. They yeah. feel like, oh, well, that person's talking to that person and I didn't know about it. And now this drama comes out. And like, that's because there's so much power in communication that even when there's lack of communication, that also has power. Mm. Because now start, people start getting their feelings or things get miscommunicated. Yep. And miscommunication is messy. Yep. It's messy. It's not always intentional, but when it's not strong communication, that's yeah. sloppy. Yeah. I think it's an important thing for us to point out is um, communication is not agreement. Yes. Uh, just because we're communicating doesn't mean we have to agree but we should figure out a way to effectively communicate our points of view to one another to come to some common ground. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean you have to always agree. Uh, but yeah, when you were just talking about this thing turning into a family, I just think about all of our different strengths. And mm-hmm. you were saying it turned into something that we didn't see. Like, when I just think about the fact that um, I can do a lot of the production stuff, but the knowledge that Julian has mm-hmm. to be able to do the production stuff and um, you with your mastery with TikToks and Canva <laughs> stuff that I don't understand and Tay with her spirit of being able to quality control things and make sure our product is at a certain level and right. Bree with the social media and Iman with his law degree mm-hmm. and his big brain always coming up with ideas like everybody had a part yeah and God so strategically brought us all together absolutely and it's the craziest thing to me it's like we fill each other's gaps you ever seen the, the show uh, Swap yeah. Yeah. He he used to always say that. I watched the movie, not the show. Oh. Yeah. In the show, he used to always say, uh, "Stay liquid and feel the gaps. And just basically have each other's backs. Yeah. And, and feel those gaps of where I lack, you pick up, and where mm-hmm. you lack, I pick up. Yeah. Yeah. That's a team. Absolutely. That's a team. We have a great team. I think that's what communication is too. Hmm. If you think about it, it's teamwork. Yeah. Um. So essentially, if I'm communicating and you're communicating. We're understanding. And I think, okay, so I think that's what understanding is. Okay. And um, because for me to understand, I'm not agreeing. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I had the exact same experience as you. Some part of me understanding, meaning I have to sympathize. I have to put myself in your shoes to understand. I have to put myself on your level and see from your perspective 
what you're trying to say for me to come back and say, oh, well, what about this? Or how can I help you here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's where that power comes from. Yeah. Because I can talk at you. You can talk at me. You can hear me. I can hear you. Mm-hmm. But we're not communicating. Yeah. We're not cohesive. You know? Yeah. And, and one thing that I'm kind of learning is to always go into communication with the willingness to compromise. Mm. Not necessarily meaning you have to or that you're going to, but the willingness to do so. If you hear another perspective or you see something that maybe you were wrong on, don't be so stubborn about it. Go into it with the willingness to say, I'm pretty sure that I'm right about this, but if I come to find out that I am not, I will act accordingly. Christ culture, right? Yeah. You just stated the culture of communication, mm-hmm. being okay to compromise. Mm-hmm. When you thought it was supposed to be one way and it's actually not not bringing the Christ into it. That's how our relationship with Jesus be. (laughs) That's how our conversations be. Where it's like, well, I want this. And he said, well, you want that, but I'm going to give you this right now. Mm -hmm. And then it's not necessarily what I wanted, but it actually grew me in ways that I didn't know. To prepare me for the things that I actually asked for. And then we'd be like, well, we'd be shut up real quick. (laughs) We're like, well. Yeah. Okay. It's like, why God? Why did you get? Didn't you say you wanted this? And now here it is. I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll shut up. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane passed this cup for me, but nevertheless, your will. Yeah. He went into it with the willingness to say, "This is what I want, God." But at the end of the day, whatever you have for me is ultimately what I'm going to go with. Yeah. He went in with the willingness to compromise from the beginning. Can we talk about the communication that we have with God? Yeah. Um. Especially when we, like, like kind of how we were just talking, how we want something and then we don't get it. Yeah. Because I think that's such a, a pretty picture when you say it. Where it's like, oh, just trust God. And sometimes it'll be what you want. Sometimes it's not. And you just got to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's so easy for somebody to say that. Like, just trust God. Yeah. But in reality, it can be ugly. Yeah. It gets real ugly before it gets pretty. Yeah. So can we just talk about communication with God and how to practically do that yeah how we how we can practically do it there's no right way yeah um the first thing that comes to my mind is a td jake's message i heard before i forget the exact name of the 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 sermon but he was likening individuals to quilts you ever seen the quilts that are stitched together with a bunch of different fabrics Mm -hmm. and he was saying that's how uh, a person is you're you're quilted together with a bunch of different aspects to you you can have faith but still be worried about something yeah. You can be up in one area of your life, but still be down about something else. There's a whole bunch of different parts to who you are, nuance to who you are as a person. Um, so when it comes to truly trusting God, number one, don't think that faith means you're not afraid of anything. Faith means um, you think everything's going to work out hunky-dory. Like, no, faith says that no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, I still believe that my God mm-hmm. is going to help me through this situation. Um So when it comes to truly trusting God, don't think that trusting in him means negating all of your own emotions or thoughts or things that you're dealing with in your your life. All those things are still true. You're just choosing also to trust in God. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, I was reading uh, Romans this week. I think it was Romans 5, Mm -hmm. verse 3, something. something. Fact check. 
Yeah, I think it's Romans 3, verse uh, 3 through 5. Romans 3, 5. No, Romans 5, verse 3 through 5. Um, but it was talking about how we find joy in not just when God is being good or when God is great, which is all the time, but also when things are going wrong, when we are in our middle of our suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of communicating with God, if I ask him for something, he's not telling me no, but he's saying I might have to do a little something to razzle dazzle you, yeah. to get you ready for what you're asking for. Yeah. So to have joy in our struggle, because one, it builds perseverance. Mm-hmm. It shows us how to endure. It shows us how to overcome things. And it shows us how to problem solve past just this, this problem that's in our face right now. Yeah. So once we learn how to persevere, it also teaches us how to, um, it builds character in us. So not only are we learning these skills, but that becomes who we are as people. Um, it, it, <laughs> hello, welcome. Um, it shows us who who we are to our core, because once we get to know how to persevere and how to overcome, it becomes second nature. So that becomes our character. Mm. And now in that character, it builds a hope and a faith in God. So now we understand that relationship because we are in this character that's more like Jesus, that we understand that there's a hope that God has in us. And that's why we go through these struggles. So knowing that that is the tear that comes from our struggles, that brings us closer to him. And that's what faith is. It's not just, oh, I believe God's going to get me through this. Like saying that is nice, but that's almost like you just talking it. You're just hearing that those words. You're not actually believing it. You're, yeah. you're not listening. You're not speaking it. So to understand that if I'm struggling and I'm talking to God, there's a promise at the end. And that's where I build that hope. Mm-hmm. But I have to go through those those levels first. Yeah, I can't just struggle. And then like I got it. It's like I didn't learn anything. Yeah, You need that struggle to exercise your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You actually, you're, you're dead on. This is Romans 5, verse 3. It says, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. Yep. Perseverance, character, and yep. character, hope. hope. Yeah. You were right on. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like there's a cycle to communication when it comes to God, too. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, he's not just going to be like, oh, you want this? Great. Have it. Yeah. He's not, it doesn't work like that. Because mm-hmm. how are we going to learn anything? to handle what we ask for. Yeah. I think when it comes to talking to God too, a big part of God's communication a lot of times, and we've talked about this before, is silence. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for individuals to deal with. It's like, I'm talking to you, I'm asking you questions, I'm praying to you, and I don't hear anything from you. But his silence is also communication to you. Um, and his silence could be saying a lot of things. It could be saying, I've already answered that prayer. It could be saying, wait on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be saying, you're asking for the wrong things. Um, so how do we deal with the silence of God in, in trying to discern what it is that he's saying to us through that silence? It's hard because when there's silence, we're searching for any voice to hear. And that's where the devil comes in sometimes. And he'd be trying to tell you words that you think is God because you think it sounds right. Mm. So you start to believe those when it's really not God's voice that was speaking. And then we get into a spiral. Yes. So that's how you can know it's the wrong voice because God's voice will never lead you into a spiral. Mm. It actually makes you feel more comfortable, more at peace and even more confident. Yeah. You know, like when making a decision and you're like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Sometimes it was just silent. Like I had that this week. It was kind of silent. Yeah. And to every inch of my core, I knew the answer, but I didn't want to do it because then I had all these ideas coming into my brain. Well, if I don't do it, then what happens? Then um, what if something does happen? And like all these questions come in. And I knew that wasn't from God because now I'm starting to doubt a decision. 
Mm. Whereas if I made the decision, yeah, there's still some, some mystery to it where I don't know. But on that same side of that mystery, I felt this comfort wow. where it was like, it's okay if that doesn't happen. It's all right if that doesn't happen, because what if I have something better for you? Yeah. And so that's when I knew in that silence which way to make my decision because one had like anxiety attached to it and one had peace. They were both a mystery of like what will happen. Mm -hmm. But one was like, it was like the tone. Where it was like, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? If you do this, what's going to happen? It was like that voice or like, but what's going to happen? Mm. And that's where I was like, oh, wow. All right. That, that makes me think of the, the, um, sermon that Pastor Stephen preached that time where he was like, God's voice is that quiet, still voice behind you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. God's got your back, I think was the name of it. Yep. Was Sounds right. It? I think so. Yeah. Um, God's voice is, is usually that quiet, still voice that you're hearing. And the enemy's voice is usually that loud one that's ringing in your ears that you're hearing all day long. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So learning to listen to that quiet, that quiet, still voice. Yeah. It's not easy to learn that. No. It's really not. Like, I think as Christians, or even as young Christians, you know, not in our age, but in our faith walk, um, you hear so many, like, older Christians or mature, like, further in their journey is what I'm saying. Um, you hear them saying, like, oh, yeah, just listen to the silence. Like, God speaks through you and you'll hear it, right? Mm -hmm. And practically, it's hard to grasp what that means. Like, what are you actually saying to me? I don't yeah. know what that means. But it's something that you have to experience um, time and time and time again. You have to go through these storms because you don't get to that maturity without them. Absolutely. That's that character level that he's building you. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's past perseverance. <laughs> that's that's yeah. after perseverance yeah. because you keep persevering, you keep problem solving and you keep having these same issues come up or not even just issues, but you keep facing these glitches that you have to figure out. Yeah. And once you get past those and you're like, okay, now I know where the tricks are. Absolutely. I know what, I know what a trick looks like and I'm not going to fall for that anymore. You know, that's where that character comes in. And that's when you start to discern what God's voice is really leading you to. Absolutely. I love the word perseverance that you just said. Um, in the Thursday night Bible study group that I'm a part of, we are doing um, 21 days of praying for our vision boards and then mm. our neighbor's vision boards as well. And one of the things we were talking about in prayer is the persistence of praying. Mm -hmm. So just relating it to the silence of God, sometimes you may find yourself communicating with him and he's silent. That doesn't mean stop. Yeah. Um, so what we're doing now is just for 21 days, constantly we're going to go to him in prayer about those things on our vision board every single day. And I think that's another big tool you can use. Even when God's silent, keep talking to him. He hears you. Yeah. He's up there. He knows what's going on with you. So keep talking to him, yeah. even though you're not hearing anything. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. We've been communicating. <laughs> yeah, we've been communicating. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You ready to get into some questions? Or? Yeah. I think those are all the points I had. Cool. All right. This part of our podcast is called Questions from the Audience. So we will see if they have come up with any questions for us today. As our producer, Iman, makes his way to the microphone. He's going to tell us which Instagram handle these questions are coming from. Can you guys hear me? Yes, loud and clear. All right. This one comes from Bali10x. And his question is, name a time when miscommunication led to an argument. How did you feel? 
and how did you fix it? Hmm. Miscommunication led to an argument. Wow. Thank you, Bali, for that question. <laughs> Jeez. A specific, I'm trying to think of like a specific time. Um, hmm. An argument meaning both parties are arguing. Awful for miscommunication. Ask us some more questions, Bali. Keep it going. Yeah, Bali's asking good questions. On the top. I would say there was a miscommunication in, um, and this was actually on my my end, but there was a miscommunication with um, a group that I'm leading. I'll say that. And I failed to mention a change in our policy of our discipline. Um, There was like a fine line in between that I just obviously missed over. And a person came to me with a conflict that they did not agree with. Mm -hmm. And so the way that they came at me was very confrontational. Um, And I was willing to accept my responsibility I actually did res- accept my responsibility for it. I said, hey, actually, I'm, that's my bad for that one. I actually apologize. But this is the policy. This is what the standard is, and I'm sticking to that. Because mm-hmm. I did say it in this this document. It says it right there. However, the fine print of that, I did not communicate. So that's on me. But this is still the standard. Um, that person came at me on fire, exclamation points. And it took everything in my healing journey to keep my composure, to keep my character. Because where somebody pops off, I could usually pop back. Mm. And I didn't want to go there. And even though I was holding that back and trying to speak in a professional manner, I mean, I was speaking in a professional manner, but my blood was boiling and I felt like this. And even after the conversation, I'm like shaking. And then I'm like, why do I feel like I'm about to explode right now? You know, like I accepted that I was wrong, but this person is still upset. They're still trying to argue that this was wrong. And I said, no, that's correct. Still, it's still correct. That part was wrong. Um, So, yeah, to to answer the question, there's a miscommunication led to an argument. And I felt like I was holding back my rage, even though my outside was still calm and collected. I felt crazy, though. Wow. Mine's mine's not that deep. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, the, the immediate time that I think of is the time back when I was working construction with my father. And I think we were having some conversation about some wood that we were supposed to buy. And there was a miscommunication, not in the fact that something was incorrectly said, but the delivery of it was missed. Mm. Um, so I missed how I communicated it to him. That's where the miscommunication came in. And my tone was wrong. Um, and it made him think that I felt a certain way which led to an argument, but I didn't. And I didn't realize how I said it until we were arguing. Um, and then we had kind of had to talk about it and hash it out. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I delivered that wrong. So mm. um, I guess sometimes miscommunication can just be in the delivery, not necessarily the substance of what you're saying. True. Yeah. That is true. Next. This one comes from garden.muse. How do I gain the skills to communicate with God? How do you gain the skills to communicate with God, Jason? Intimacy takes time. Mm-hmm. 
time, time, time. You got to put time in with God to learn his ways, to learn how he works, to learn how he communicates with you through your life. Um, and that's going to take time. You can't go on YouTube and watch a YouTube video to figure it out. Um, and if you're not going to be willing to put in that time, then unfortunately you're, you're not going to progress in your communication with God. Um, so I would just say seeking him, actively listening to what he's saying and what he's doing in your life. Um, and just putting in that time with him. Yeah. I agree with time. I would say, um, don't make it so serious. Uh, once you realize that, once you realize that you can just talk to God, um, and you can just talk to him almost like you talk to your friend or like your best friend, I should say, somebody who knows you to your core. Um, because I think in one of the episodes I talked about like how I used to pray in King James Version, and yeah. that wasn't me. Yeah. I don't even read King James Version, and I don't know why I expected that. Um, but once I started breaking it down and speaking in my daily dialect, yeah. I was able to understand how I could be more, more vulnerable, and my connection with him got stronger. Yeah. Because I can speak how I am, because he wants you to show up just like you are. It's not necessarily about gaining skills. It's kind of just being your truest self to him because he already knows who you are and then just coming to him as you are. Yeah. Um, but I agree with the intimacy thing too. Yeah. I think I got that from Tim Ross, I think. Yeah. yeah. Intimacy takes a, a consistency or something yeah. like that. You yeah. to be consistent at that. Next question. Person asked not to be mentioned. Um, do you believe that teenagers could benefit from communication courses? That's the question. question. The whole question. I think everybody can. <laughs> yeah, no matter what age you are. Uh, this, as soon as you can talk, I think. <laughs> uh, so the answer, my answer to that would be yes. I think it would be a huge benefit. Um, part of this book that I was reading, Reclaiming a Conversation, um, one of the things that she was talking about in this book was the fact that we bring, in the modern age, we bring um, the nuance of messaging instant messaging to actual conversation mm. and it doesn't work for example when somebody texts you you can wait an hour to think about what you want to say back and respond and then you build up that skill and you get in front of somebody and they say something to you and you're stuck you yeah. don't know how to respond um so i think definitely for the younger generation just learning those basic communication skills and being able to separate i'm texting somebody i'm talking to somebody this is an actual human being in front of me learning the nuances of their facial expressions learning um the tone of their voice all those different things um i think will be a def uh, a very helpful tool um check out that book it's pretty crazy i think you hit that on the, the head there because that's for real like even yeah, again, it's not just limited to an age group, but especially the younger generation who didn't have texting or who only have texting in their whole life. Like we grew up where you had to touch a few buttons at the same time mm -hmm. to make one letter. You know, like that took a process to text <laughs> a lot of messages. Um, we used to be good at it, though. I was great. I said, you're welcome, right? <laughs> um, but no, I think. As much, as many resources as you can get to learn how to communicate. So it just, it's not just limited to courses. It's the books. It's um, taking a notice of the people have, like talking around you. Mm -hmm. We're so into our phones that I think even us as adults, 
um, don't even realize what's happening in our world around us, you know? So I think one way to help your communication is to limit your screen time, Mm -hmm. one. Um, And then two, like, just try to feel more present because you can't learn a specific way to communicate. You can just learn just different, like, hints in it. I think another small thing you can do too is stop texting all the time and call them. Yeah. Talk to them. At least voice message. Like a voice yeah, memo. Yeah, that's a good place to start. Do a voice memo. Yeah. Start there. Do a voice memo. Talk to them. Hear their voice. Let them hear your yeah. voice. Crackly and all if you're a teenager. So you guys answered that perfectly, but I thought like when I read this question, I thought they meant like given the opportunity for um, the younger generation to practice. Because, like, even me, like, high school, we didn't have that chance to practice how to speak. Like, remember, after football games, a camera would be right in front of our face and we stuck just having to answer an interview, right? We didn't, I didn't see any public speech or conversation mm-hmm. classes until I got into college. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right? And so I was unprepared. And then I got into college and I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. there's a whole new world of communicating with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. So I feel like this generation doesn't know how to like they they're in trouble when it comes to speaking to each other. Yeah. So I think that's what the person is trying to say. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I feel like just giving more opportunities we will speak. But definitely I agree. Like, stop texting. People are starting to say LOL when they speak to me and I shut <laughs> off. Yeah. Right. Call the person, FaceTime, like they they created other means of messaging now. Yeah. Right. So use those more face to face interactions more than just. Yeah. yeah. Two things with that. Number one, it's not only we can't just blame the generation because they're seeing that a lot from even their parents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that uh, a poll was done, I think, in this book, and they were asking people, even in their own homes, how would you prefer to resolve issue. And a lot of people, like wives to husbands or husbands to wives, were saying, I'd rather text my husband to address an issue than talk to him in their own house, in their own house mm-hmm. which is crazy. So the children are actually seeing that in their homes, right. um, which, is, which is absolutely crazy. So can't just blame them. They're also seeing that. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about is maybe if there are younger people who are watching us and they're interested, we can bring some of them in sometime and let them sit down and talk to each other. Get some conversations because we'll talk to one of us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facebook community. Yeah. So, any other questions? Nope. SOS. So, this segment of our show is called SOS, where we do a subject on the spot, where we'll give a random subject and do a one minute sermon on it. I went first last time. All right. So, I think I'll give you a topic. Let's do it. This time first. Okay. okay. I'll be Calvin's. Oh, you are you used to this now? You want to pick all the time now? Oh, you want to be the subject picker? Who's picking? You want to pick? You uh, sure? Yeah. Okay. Put the mic down because you're making noise. Ruffling. It's fine. Thank you. Okay. Um. Winter season. Winter season. I don't know why I'm going to go with this one. Yeah. Winter season. My title was Winter is Coming. 
Uh, we go through seasons in our lives where we go through those spring, summer, fall seasons where we are learning, we are being poured into, we are growing as individuals, we are becoming stronger as individuals, we are seeking God, we are praying to God, and we are building ourselves up. But we have to remember that winter is coming. Uh, I was listening to a preacher recently, and he was saying that the seasons will eventually change, so you cannot get used to one season. You can't wear your shorts in the wintertime. So you have to take all those lessons that you've learned from the hot summer months, from all the work that you've put in in the gym during those months and outside working out and whatnot, and apply them to the wintertime because the wintertime is going to test you. It's going to test whether you can handle the cold. It's going to test whether you can handle when there's not a harvest. It's going to test um, when you can't pl plant seeds in the ground that you put enough up for the wintertime. Mm. Mm, let's see. GOT. Now I gotta think of something for you. That was a good one though, so make it like nice. Nice? Yeah. Like a nice one. <laughs> like a nice gentle topic. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Okay. I'm just gonna go with something practical that I did this week. Okay. Let me give it to you. But I think it's a bone. I think you can use it. Okay. It's time for oil change. See, that's hard. I don't, I don't be doing that. <laughs> I go to Valvoline and I leave. That's what I did. Oh, okay. Except it was pins oil. Yeah. I don't know nothing about oil change. Okay. It's time for an oil change? Yeah. You, I, you I'm going to talk about my experience then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're going to need an oil change in your car sometimes. If you're like me and you don't know when that time is necessary, Sometimes alerts will come up on your car that says it's time for an oil change. Sometimes you'll be like, eh, how long is that? Like until when though? You know, and you'll try to prolong it and make it last as long as you can. Um, and then your car starts making weird noises and you're like, okay, now I need to go. So moral of the story is once you get that first calling, once you get that first alert, that first notification, do not wait until something goes wrong mm -hmm. in order for you to be in a season of desperation that you act on the thing that you knew you should have done like months ago months um anyways so um even if you don't know how to do something know that you have people to go to who's going to help you do it for you uh oh my gosh and um most times you can call on your dad and he can just do it in the garage for free mm -hmm. and you don't have to pay nobody to do it like you just go you know to go to the right people mm -hmm. to help you but just don't wait until the very last minute when your car starts to break down to make oil change boom Oh, <laughs> dang. The time you got me all cut off was like 16 more seconds. No, you did it though. You did it. You guys, if you like our content, please let us know by liking and subscribing. Also, please leave us some comments in the comment section. Yeah, go subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and YouTube, which I said already. Yes, all but those still things. Still do it. Still do that. Yep. And also, if you'd like to activate your faith a little bit stronger, we got a community group for y'all on Facebook. And in that Facebook group, this is what we'll be doing. Yeah, it's going to be all of our crew members. You're going to hear devotionals, worship songs. You're going to hear testimonies. Um, go in there and connect with the community. Yes, most importantly, we got community so you never feel like you're alone. That's it. We love you guys. We'll see you next episode.